0: I'm struggling with managing an underperforming team member, and I would love to hear your strategies. I was looking through podcast episodes and haven't seen anything on this yet. Just an idea. Yeah, so in HR, obviously, one of the big things we deal with is underperformance and how do you help people perform? I've been on a journey with this, Shane, of really understanding what causes underperformance. And there's obviously a range of things. But one of the biggest things that I see that cause underperformance on teams is when you are working in a role that doesn't align with your strengths. So I think as a leader, we often go straight to task. So we look at, okay, this person hasn't performed. Well, I need to go and set the objectives and key results and make them a lot clearer so that they know exactly what they need to do by when. And then I need to have that difficult conversation when they don't deliver next time. (laughs) And it's like very, it's quite punitive. Mm. We absolutely need to have clear objectives and key results. Like I'm a big fan of of OKRs. If you want to know more about that, we'll put a link in the show notes at Lassie and have some great content on how to create objectives and key results. But what I want to say to this person who's asked this question is before you jump in and go to task mode, I want you to think about do you know that person's strengths? Like, Do you know what they're good at? Do you know how aligned their role is to their strengths? And do you know what motivates them? Because often the idea of strengths and motivation are quite linked. So I want you to dig into some of that first. You can do that in a range of ways. You can do some coaching conversations to dig out what are their strengths. You can get Sort Your Career Out, which is a great book (laughs) by yours truly. And there's some really good tools in there about...
1: Did you like that plug, Shane? I liked it. That's a good plug. (laughs)
0: Uh, there's some activities to help you understand strengths. But that is where I begin and I would get an understanding of what are they struggling with? What are the things that they're finding roadblocks? Are they procrastinating because they actually don't have the skills in that particular area? And if so, what would focus development look like? So that's where I want you to go first. Like that's a really, I think, a really optimistic way of dealing with these problems rather than, us going, oh, we need to put them on a performance improvement plan straight away, which is very, it's that process in and of itself is very demotivating. It's very, it's really hard when someone gets on a performance improvement plan and it goes into that kind of negative mode of performance management. I think it's very hard to lift, see performance lift. So, It's not impossible. And I've absolutely seen people go through the process and come out the other side and have a great outcome. But I just think there's lots of little steps we can take before we get to that space. But what's your take, Shane?
1: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, I think that's great. I think I think that approach is a really nice way of of not diving straight into just the negative side of work. Because I think once someone's doing some things that feels like they're underperforming, we jump straight to the negative conversation. And what you do is you bring it back to the strengths based conversation, which I'm always an advocate for. I've probably got two things. The first thing I would say is, as just more of a quick tip, as a bit of a rapid fire, is is if you have an underperforming staff, try to catch them doing something right because your tendency in that underperforming is to look at all the things they're doing wrong. And it can almost put blinders onto some of the good things that they're doing. And so I would say you have to proactively try a lot harder than normal to catch them doing something right. So that would be my first tip. The second thing is in a one-on-one conversation with this, and this continues on from the last conversation we're having about these one-on-one conversations as being really critical for new leaders. I would be walking through a few kind of key areas. And I'll give you six areas that I walk through in a one-on-one session that I think could help you to open up a really helpful conversation with the person. So number one is to check in with their person about their personal life, which is the ultimately the question how are things outside of work? If a person's underperforming in work, it doesn't necessarily mean it's just work related. Maybe there's something outside of work that's contributing to this and it's worthwhile at least asking the question how things are going on and and allows them to kind of create that space to be able to talk through hey right now I'm having these issues at this. So personal life is a big one. The second thing is kind of what I just said is to check in around the results that they are are achieving. So ask them what they believe is their biggest achievement since the last time you caught up with them because what they tell you is their biggest achievement will tell you what they've spent a lot of time and effort and energy working on. So, it allows you then to do the next question, which is what's the priorities, which is what should they be working on or what do you believe are their top priorities? And it allows you to determine is there alignment between their feeling of pride and sense of achievement and the actual things that you want them to be working on because if there's a disconnect, you've got an expectation that they don't hold and we now need to have an expectation conversation. The next one I would say is look at what are the roadblocks? Like like asking questions like what is getting in the way of you doing your job or how am i contributing potentially towards this underperformance so what am, what might I be doing that's getting in the way am i a bottleneck that I haven't even considered have i not given them the resources they need to be able to get through this uh, and the last two as i would say is an input question which is is there anything that I could be doing to support you better and that takes a lot of humility from a leader to say you know what maybe there are some things that I'm doing that's contributing to this underperformance. Uh, And the last one is a growth question around, okay, so what skills do you need that might be able to enable you to do your job better? Because maybe there's a skills gap Maybe they just don't have the skills to do the things that you're asking them to do and they're too embarrassed or ashamed to be able to let you know that they don't have the skills. So if you ask these questions and take them through those kind of topics, I reckon that's a really good way to open a good conversation.
0: Yeah, I love that last one around the growth areas because I do think people feel like they can't openly say hey, like you've asked me to do this particular, you've asked me to design this new campaign. I've never done that before. I actually have no idea what to do and I don't even know what you mean by the word campaign. You know?
1: like. (laughs) Do you watch The Office? (laughs) There's there's an episode of The Office where Jim and Charles, the new manager who's come in, Charles goes, Jim, just give me a rundown by the afternoon. And he's like, sure thing. uh, is that just a standard rundown template, or is like just just whatever you do. And, and, and Jim spends the day sitting around his desk trying to develop a rundown and ends up faxing it to his dad because he has no idea what a rundown is but doesn't ask the question?
0: <laughs> Can I tell you when I went interviewed for this HR gig early in my career? They were like, "What's your experience with internal communication campaigns?" And I just had no idea what do they mean by internal communication campaigns. Like I was like really early in my HR career. I'm like, I don't even know what those words mean. And I just ended up saying, oh, could you just clarify when you say internal communications campaign, can you just clarify what you mean by that? And like, I think they felt like, oh, she knows exactly what we're talking about, but she just wants a bit more detail. Really? Meanwhile, I'm like, I am zero clue what they're talking about. Ended up getting the job. But like, I think sometimes we feel like when there's jargon or there's industry terminology and that we really don't understand, we don't feel like we can challenge it because we feel like it w- makes us look silly. But simply saying, hey, when you're asking me to do this particular project, can you clarify what does that look like? And I know Brene Brown's language is what does done look like? Mm-hmm. Like, how do you simplify it down? So sometimes as leaders, we make assumptions thinking our people know what we mean when really it's very (laughs) unclear and there's all this industry jargon that makes things even more complex. So get to what does done look like? Planning for your next trip?